You're live with Get Connected, Canada's number one tech radio show. We're all about uh, teaching you and inspiring you about the world of technology and just making it uh, easy to understand and fun. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo, here with Gray Williams, and we've got a great program. Uh, we're going to be talking about an interesting program from Crime Stoppers that is encouraging homeowners that have security cameras, you know, these digital video cameras that are so cheap now and that a lot of people have around their houses, to actually register them with the police so that uh, the police could contact you if they need help with video footage for crime happening in your neighborhood. So we'll talk about what that's all about and some of the privacy uh, implications. We're also going to talk about celebrity podcasts. There's a lot of celebrities out there getting huge paydays uh, from podcast publishers, you know, like the Spotify's of the world, you know, in the millions, if not tens of millions, but how are they going? You know, a good example would be uh, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Merkel. Their uh, relationship with Spotify has come to an end with one of the executives calling them royal grifters. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll explore that. And wildfires, uh, especially here in Canada over the past month, have been insane. We're going to look and see how the cloud might help prevent them and even catch them when they start within minutes. Uh, Amazon Web Services uh, is working with a number of companies around the world uh, using technology to help with that. But let's get into some of the tech news, uh, Gray. And this is kind of uh, an interesting, the first one. There is a kind of an online world called Roblox and very big with, uh, I guess, a, a younger demographic. It almost looks kind of like a, a Lego world, very simplistic, almost kind of 8-bit in many ways. But you can kind of create your own you know, buildings and, and cities. Uh, a lot of brands are getting involved uh, with it as well, like, you know, Gucci and uh, and and others. Uh, but it looks like they're trying to go after a more mature audience. Gray? Yeah, I mean, Roblox has been around for quite some time. And it kind of it, there appeals to the same sort of Minecrafty style audience that's been out there. I mean, if you think about... Um, other things like Minecraft, they've been around for a really long time. And as their audiences, their core audiences have grown up with these games, you know, the idea that they would age out was sort of always there in the background. In a lot of cases, uh, users aren't aging out. And they're actually bringing other people who were not into the game uh, originally now into the space, you know, with the idea of the growth of AR and VR and spending more time in virtual spaces. You know, the, the Roblox population has really exploded. Um, inside the game, you can create things and you can create your own mini games yourself and people can create items that they can sell to each other. So there's almost like a functioning economy inside Roblox as well. So there's a reason for uh, users to want to bring their friends in uh, because it can be both fun and it can also be profitable for them. So the idea of, of aging this up is actually, I think, something that's been on everyone's mind for quite some time. Also because in certain cases... You know, looking at Roblox, if the audience is just quote unquote nine and up or 13 and up, um, when there are things that are sort of bordering on more mature themes, it, it really, I think, has presented a problem for the company as they're kind of looked at and said, OK, why are you allowing this here by having areas where these things could be sanctioned and could be off limits for people who are younger, but, you know, in limits for people who are older. I think it actually is, is better for the company and better for the audience at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, if I'm looking at the stats correctly, it looks like 45% of uh, Roblox's uh, audience is under 13. And they say the fastest growing demographic is between 17 and 24 years old. So even though they say they're aging up, Gray, it's not aging up by much. No, I mean, it's one year at a time, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, let's move over to something a little crazy. We've talked about this on, uh, on the program before, uh, you know, science uh, advancing, basically being able to create meat 
in laboratories, whether that's kind of uh, beef. Uh, but now there's, uh, I guess, advancements now that uh, could soon have lab-grown chicken going to high-end restaurants in America. This is kind of interesting and odd and, and weird, all in, <laughs> all in the same vein. You know, I, I like it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, for anyone who has uh, sort of dabbled in the idea of, of being vegetarian or vegan and has, has done it for the animals, this is, this is a meal for which you can have your meat protein and nothing had to die. And so I think a lot of folks out there are like, yeah, you know, I, I, I would pay more for that. Something that doesn't have to be, you don't have to worry about it being free range, free run. You don't have to worry about it being mistreated. It's literally going to, to uh, you know, begin existence and end existence in a laboratory uh, with no central nervous system attached, so nothing feels any pain. Uh, interesting. So instead of, free, instead of free range, free dish? like Free, free dish. <laughs> free Petri dish. So the U.S. regulators have approved the sale of chicken made from animal cells uh, from two California companies, uh, one called, uh, I believe, Upside Foods and the other Good Meat. And they are now racing to be the first in uh, America to sell meat that doesn't come from slaughtered uh, animals. And uh, they say that uh, their, their first target customers would be high-end restaurants. Is, is this appealing to you, Gray? Like, who, I wonder just what the audience, like, what the target final customer is. You know, if you're, if you're a vegetarian, could you eat this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it is appealing to me. The, the idea that nothing did have to die. The idea that there was you know, probably, I think, very little ecological waste because having to raise a chicken from an egg to a harvestable chicken takes a lot of energy. Um, you know, there's there's a carbon cost of that. So if the carbon cost of this is lower, nothing had to die. If it tastes the same, uh, I mean, if I did a double blind test and I couldn't tell, you know, which was chicken and which was lab chicken, I'd order lab chicken every time. I'm I'm in. Like, let's shake and bake. So the cultivated meat is uh, actually grown in steel tanks uh, using cells that come from the uh, the living uh, animal. So we're going to keep on top of that story, and uh, maybe one day, you know, we'll be able to actually uh, taste uh, one of these, I guess, lab-grown uh, chicken meals. Okay, I want to shout out to a, a contest that we're partnering with uh, Staples Canada on. It's called Boost My Biz, and this is an opportunity for Canadian businesses to uh, to shine, uh, basically to enter to tell uh, what uh, they're doing uh, with their business and why they should uh, uh, potentially get one of the prize packs. Uh, to help us understand more, we've got Marissa Harris from Staples Canada on the line. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. And so what kind of businesses is this particular contest uh, open to, and what do they have to do to enter? So Staples is a dedicated partner to businesses of all sizes, um, but we also know that small businesses are very much um, a big part of, of our community. And so we want to give back to small businesses. And that's what this contest is all about. It's about giving small businesses a boost. Um, and we also know that not every small business has the same needs. And so we wanted to allow for some customization with the pricing. So we have three different tiers that we're offering in this in this Boost My Biz contest. Um, we have technology. Uh, printing and furniture and supplies and so in order to win we are encouraging um, all eligible Canadian small businesses to tell us a little bit about why their business needs a boost how their business is making an impact um, which also includes how your business is helping the community um, and so from that we were we we're hoping to select a total of six businesses across the country and then we're going to tell their stories it's a great way for not only them getting a boost from from the pricing, but also we want to give them a boost as well with giving them some exposure. 
I really like this uh, because uh, the odds are good too. It's not like this is the Lotto Six Forty Nine where millions of people are are entering, right? It's uh, it's That's basic. Right. It's basically businesses. So whether you're like a a one person show or you've got dozens or, or hundreds of uh, people uh, in your company, uh, you know these prize packs. Uh, you know they're I think five thousand dollars each. And you know if you want some more tech, uh, if you want some furniture, uh, or even printing, uh, you know this is a, a great opportunity to get a little extra cash into essentially boost uh, your, your business. So. Uh, we've got a, a link up on our website to make it easier to find uh, the contest. It's uh, again, getconnectedmedia.com. And if you've got any kind of uh, business, I really encourage you to uh, enter this contest. And, and when is uh, the, um, the contest uh, entry over? So the contest closes on June 30th, so there's still a little bit of time for you to have a look at the contest, also put together your submission. We're also making it really flexible. You can submit in writing. You can also upload a video, um, and you can you know personalize it in the way that's going to help you um, help position your business to, to get a boost. Uh, again, uh, boost my business contest. Uh, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Partner with Staples uh, on this, and uh, your business could potentially win a five thousand dollars prize pack and get some extra exposure from all the uh, promotion behind it as well. Marissa, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate it. We're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, would you register your video doorbell or your security cameras with the police so that they would have easier access to the footage? We'll explore that. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarwal here with Gray Williams. Cameras. They have come down dramatically in price over the years. I'm talking security cameras. Uh, there's a number of uh, manufacturers out in the marketplace, uh, whether you have a, a Ring video doorbell and their security cameras, Arlo, uh, TP-Link, Eufy. Uh, uh, the list goes on and on. And these things uh, are great for giving you peace of mind by having them uh, placed around uh, your outside of your home to uh, monitor, to make sure that uh, nothing bad is uh, happening. Well, uh, now uh, one group is uh, suggesting to Vancouver residents that uh, they register their, their cameras so that uh, the police, if necessary, can... Uh, actually contact you and uh, access that footage. Uh, this is kind of an interesting thing, Gray. Uh, it's Crime Stoppers, which is uh, a nonprofit. And uh, they're basically saying if you register your camera, uh, then it makes the police's job easier. They don't have to go door to door, you know, if there's uh, some sort of uh, criminal activity activity in the neighborhood. They can just go directly to those people that, that might have cameras. How do you feel about it? Um, you know, this is something that I'm actually really close to because I've been through this uh, twice. Um, the first one was more of a, more of a lighter issue. Um, Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, um, I had uh, it was uh, Chef's Plate was delivering a a meal to me, my Thanksgiving meal. I was headed off to um, Salt Spring Island, and unfortunately, FedEx decided to leave uh, my meal. I lived on Hastings Street at the time, um, uh, West Hastings Street. Uh, they left it outside of the front door. Oh, God. Um, you and know, you live right in the, ep- you were living right in the epicenter of uh, the craziness. Yes, yeah. And so that lasted roughly three minutes. And you can actually see the fellow walk by three times and he picked up my uh, my box and, and, and went off with it. Uh, Chef's Plate, their way of apologizing was to cancel my account. So big thank you out there to Chef's Plate. Thumbs up. We're not friends. Um, but I was able to get that, that uh, data to the police. Uh, unfortunately, the camera that I was using at the time was coming from inside the building. Uh, and it, I believe it was uh, the lens and the uh, sensor combination was a potato. So uh, it, it wasn't, wasn't any help at all. Um, 
the second one, I, there, there was actually a security camera that I'd had bolted to uh, my patio um, uh, patio railing, uh, and it, it, it caught a crime in process. It was a violent crime. Uh, and unfortunately, I had to watch that three times uh, as the police were investigating it. Um, this is a really great thing to be able to help solve crimes. Um, and in my case, it would have been really great to be able to just turn the data over to the police. Um, they didn't really have a system in place at the time. So, you know, maybe a registry system where you can just upload the file and not have to sort of relive those moments would have been way, way better for me. That's that's for sure. Well, apparently Crime Stoppers says uh, that uh, this program is already going in uh, some metro Vancouver uh, cities and municipalities, including Surrey, Delta, and Port Coquitlam and North Vancouver. And uh, something kind of similar, uh, you know, Ring, uh, you know, Amazon's uh, security cameras and video doorbells, they actually work with law enforcement down in the United States. Uh, and uh, folks down there that have Ring cameras can actually sign up so that uh, law enforcement, uh, you know, would be able to access, uh, you know, video footage from uh, their, their cameras. But again, just there are privacy concerns, Gray. Yeah, the BC Civil Liberties Association has actually taken umbrage with this, and I think for good reason, because it does sort of create a bit of a surveillance state. I mean, it reminds me a bit of Minority Report uh, with Tom Cruise there, where, you know, you're sort of, or even um, Enemy of the State with Will Smith, you know, the spiritual successor to the conversation. Uh, people going from place place to place and being tracked as they're, as they're walking through. And so, you know, from a civil liberty, civil liberty standpoint, as much as we want to stop the idea that someone is watching your every movement of every moment of every day really is sort of a horrifying uh, thing to contemplate. So it's sort of that, that, you know, people who would trade security for liberty deserve neither. I think uh, might have been paraphrased uh, from, from Ben Franklin. Um, it, it really does raise that question. I'm, I'm not really sure that the answer is that we need more watching, um, but perhaps dealing more with the, uh, the things that cause crime to begin with. But again, this uh, program that Crime Stoppers is basically uh, proposing is it's a voluntary thing. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the police wouldn't have direct access to your, uh, your video footage or your cloud footage from your, your video doorbell or your security cameras uh, around and, and inside your home. Uh, all they would be getting basically is your contact info. That, and so they could go directly to you if they felt uh, that that footage would help. So that, that kind of reduces some of the privacy issues, don't you think? It does indeed. I mean, one of the things to sort of keep in mind is like, if they're aware that the video is there, could a warrant be compelled to get you to produce it? Possibly. I mean, the city, the city of Vancouver, the Vancouver Police Department has, I think, roughly 25 tower, uh, tower cameras. They're actually in a parking lot that they don't use because, again, unless there is a reason for them to have them, uh, they're not supposed to be up. Um, as, as long as this remains voluntary, I think it's a, it's a good thing. If, if we took a step towards it being compulsory, that's a very, very slippery slope, and I don't think I'd, I'd want to see that at all. Yeah, I guess one of the concerns, you know, when you look at uh, the ring cameras from Amazon down the States, uh, you know, it came up in a story, I think, back uh, uh, last year that uh, the police actually accessed uh, some ring customers' footage, I think, uh, 11 times uh, without... Um, you know, getting permission from the actual camera owners. See, that's a scary thing. And it's, it's just, you know, at that point, you do run the risk of invalidating things like convictions, I think, and not a lawyer. And you should probably consult one before you take anything that I think you or I say is legal advice. But it, it does, it, 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 this is one of the things where, you know, at the, at the very face seems good. And again, if it's voluntary, it seems good. And if it solves crimes, it seems good. But, you know, you always do want to have the ability to say no. And uh, so as long as that stays there, I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like I have the ring system at my house and 
I've got these cameras, you know, I've got the video doorbell, but I also have uh, cameras around the house uh, and, you know, the perimeter of uh, uh, my, my yard uh, as well. Uh, I, I get a lot of notifications uh, for raccoons and cats, uh, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's supposed to detect humans uh, and differentiate them, you know, between animals, but it, raccoons seem to pop up there uh, quite often. I did uh, get a hit one night when I was uh, watching TV, you know, I think around midnight, and I got a notification uh, from my uh, front driveway, and there was something, someone going through my car. And Really? Yeah. And, you know, that's a good and bad thing, right? Because immediately I looked at the footage and I'm like, oh my God. And I ran out to my driveway and startled, uh, you know, I think it was a a guy in a hoodie and chased after him, which is not a good thing, Gray. You know, halfway down the block, I'm just thinking, where, where does this end? I'm not, what if I, what if I do catch this guy? That's not good, right? Like he could have a weapon, a knife or, or, or something. Uh, But I, I did call uh, the the police, and uh, they they did look at the the footage. I don't know if they ever caught the person, but you know, it, it obviously gave them a little more info to go on. They could see, you know, what the person looked like, what they were they're wearing. Uh, so I, I'd like to think it it helped, but who knows, right? I mean, those those things rarely end in a civil conversation, so it's probably a good thing you put the brakes on. But it's also a good thing that you let that person know that somebody's watching. It makes you a little bit less of an appealing target. We're talking about a new program that Crime Stoppers uh, is uh, proposing to Vancouver residents that uh, they register their, uh, their, I guess, their surveillance and security cameras that they have around their home uh, with uh, the Vancouver police. So if something happens in their neighborhood, the police uh, could actually just go directly to those homeowners that have the, the cameras. Again, they wouldn't have direct access to the, the footage. They'd have to go to the homeowner and, and ask for that uh, footage. So uh, we'll, we'll be following up on that story just to, to see how that uh, all plays out uh, coming up in the future. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here on uh, Get Connected. When we come back, still a lot more uh, tech to talk, in, uh, including wildfire detection. So many wildfires happening uh, early in the season here. Well, Amazon Web Services is working with a, a number of companies around the world to actually detect those fires uh, just as they start within minutes and, and sometimes even help prevent them uh, as well. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with uh, Gray Williams. Uh, we're going to talk podcasts now. They uh, have become increasingly popular uh, over the past uh, few years. We've seen some huge deals uh, with big companies like Spotify. Spotify uh, picked up uh, the Joe Rogan uh, podcast. I think that deal was over $100 million, if I'm uh, not mistaken, uh, Gray. And, uh, you know, since then, these, uh, I guess, uh, podcast uh, publishers uh, have uh, been doling out millions, if not tens of millions of dollars to celebrities to produce podcasts. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, you know, had one. And one interesting one uh, one was uh, Meghan and Harry, the ex-royals, that did a $20 million deal with uh, Spotify, which has not ended well. I think uh, one of the executives uh, uh, over at uh, Spotify, his name's Bill Simmons, and uh, he basically... (laughs) <laughs> was very open and transparent with his thoughts on the deal, basically uh, calling them grifters and uh, not very happy with the deal and uh, would be putting more focus on any future deals with uh, celebrities. What are your thoughts there, um, 
great. I, I think everyone's looking at some of these big podcast deals, like with Joe Rogan, who had a big following already, you know, in, in, in the hundreds of millions of followers, and just hoping some of these celebrities can, can bring an audience in. But, you know, when you're, when you're doling out millions, if not tens of millions of dollars, uh, you know, it's a high benchmark you have to hit to, to make that worth it, don't you think? Definitely. Yeah. And there's something weird about exclusivity on podcasts. You know, it really kind of feels antithetical to what the podcasts were, right? This idea of a, a radio program or a radio style program that you could get access to. I mean, we're, we're a podcast, which is great. Most podcasts don't last more than three episodes. So Harry and Megan going 12 episodes. Hey, you know what? They're above average. That's, that's pretty cool. I know for myself, my longest running podcast, 72 episodes, for one that uh, I did back in the early aughts. And I've got one that I'm doing right now that just hit 117. Uh, I'm not, I'm also not royal. So I'm wondering maybe Spotify could maybe throw some of that money my way. It's same, same, right? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> the, the, the two ex-royals there, um, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Merkel, uh, I think they only produced a 12-episode uh, series. I think it was supposed to yes. go on longer, but uh, I don't think they hit the... The benchmark, so to say, and you know, I don't know what exactly those benchmarks would be, but you know, obviously, something to do with uh, listeners or downloads, right? Yeah, well, it, it sounds like from what I'm reading here, it's work ethic, so it seems like they didn't actually manage to get the episodes recorded. And like, believe me, I get it. Putting together a show flow for a podcast, tough to do. You know, finding things to talk about, tough to do. In Harry and Megan's case, I think they talked to each other enough already. Maybe they were just a little bored. I don't know. You know, maybe they could have had some more guests on. Uh, I, I imagine uh, the corgis might have been a good choice. Um, <laughs> they don't talk that William, much. They just bark. <laughs> William might have been a controversial guest, but I think I would have tuned in. So, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's a challenge. Look, looking at how Spotify's handled this, though, this is the spaghetti and wall thing that Netflix was doing for a while, and it's just like hurling everything they can at it, throwing a ton of money at it to see if they can do that. And even internally, they've said that they've overinvested in this. And it's like, yeah, you were trying to, you're kind of trying to bite yours, folks. And it's like podcasts happen because they are, they're organic. People get interested in them. You know, the podcast was kind of dead there for a while. Um, and then Serial came along. You remember that? Um, it's a true crime, true crime podcast, right? Yeah, which I mean, like, <laughs> that, that's had amazing results um, for, for uh, Fred and Syed. And it's, it's really revitalized the podcast industry. But podcasts are best, I think, when people are, are interested in them because they're interested in them. I think Spotify was really hoping that they could double down on being a place where podcasts were more findable. But I don't really know that that's how people are consuming podcasts because it just, they haven't really seen the return on it. I mean, their investment in Joe Rogan has been challenging for them at the best of times because Joe's coming out saying things that are demonstrably untrue. And if it got a bunch of us to cancel our Spotify subscriptions, we were like, I don't want to support that. So it's, it's, it's a real challenge on all fronts. It really seems like this has been misstep after misstep after misstep with them. I'd be interesting to know like how much the podcast division for Spotify is going right now because they've invested heavily uh, in into growing that. Uh, you know, are we are we saturated with podcasts now? Do you think? I mean, I listen to most things on one and a half speed, so I think we absolutely are. Uh, it's kind of interesting when you hear someone's real voice and they don't sound like the chipmunk that they do when you listen to them on a podcast. That's a really weird thing. Um, you know, I, I know for myself, I've got podcasts that are part of my my early morning. Right, the new style podcasts that are like current events, got to hear right now. And then I've got the things that I, I like to learn. 
Um, and so those are sort of a, a, a slower speed later in the day type of thing. But I don't have a whole lot of space for, for more podcasts here. Between the stuff that I'm not watching on streaming and the stuff that I'm not listening to on podcasts, I can understand why there is a glut of media right now out there that just people can't consume because there's not enough hours in the day. I, 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 need, I need a clone so <laughs> that person can actually go and listen to all these things that I can't. Well, it's interesting looking at some of the top uh, podcasts out in the world uh, right now. And as you can imagine, um, you know, these these podcasts are getting millions of downloads per episode. Number one is Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience. Like that is uh, the number one podcast out in the world at the moment, which, uh, yeah, good good on him. Uh, number two, The Daily. And I believe that's the, the New York uh, Times uh, podcast uh, hosted by journalist uh, Michael Barbaro. Uh, number three, The American Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, uh, the, it's called Crime Junkie. Uh, you know, obviously a, a true crime uh, type of uh, podcast. Uh, number five, uh, Call Her Daddy. I, I don't know about this one. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> hosted by Alexandra Cooper, uh, covers like topics related to sex, dating, and relationships. Uh, I guess it gets explicit. Uh, the Office Ladies. This, this is a fun one. I've listened to this a few times. Uh, you remember the, the TV series, The Office? Uh, two of the characters uh, from there, uh, Jenna Fisher, who I think played, was it Angela? And um, oh, I forget her character's name. Um, <laughs> Jenna Fisher was Pam. And uh, Angela Kinsey uh, is uh, the other host uh, of this. Uh, but... Um, you know, they've done very well. Uh, number seven would be Stuff You Should Know podcast. Uh, that's hosted by Josh Clark and Chuck uh, Bryant. Uh, so uh, number eight, Pod Save America. These, you know, some of these I've yeah. never heard of. Yep, I've listened to that one. Yeah. Uh, NPR has one at uh, number nine called Planet Money. And mm-hmm. uh, number 10, another crime murder podcast called My Favorite Murder. So, hmm. you know, again, you know, there are some that are just raking in millions of downloads and, and obviously making uh, some good money, uh, but it's, it's challenging, right? If you just want to launch your own podcast. Is it a good time for us to mention that we are Canada's number one technology related podcast and Canada's number one uh, app related podcast where you can subscribe on Spotify or wherever good podcasts are found? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's interesting. We've been podcasting our radio show. Like we have to, you know, re-edit it, taking out the commercials and, and, and stuff. So we are available, uh, you know, through Curious Cast and some of your favorite, uh, you know, podcasting places like the Spotify's and, uh, you know, the Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, you know, apps of uh, of the world. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm not getting rich yet, Gray. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like my, I feel like my life is richer for it that we get to do a chance we get the chance to do this every week. So there's there's that. Yes. Uh, I want to give a shout out uh, once again to a contest uh, that we're partnering up with Staples. Uh, You can go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. If you've got any kind of business, uh, a small business, whether you're one person, 10 people, 100, you have to enter this. It's called Boost My Biz. They've got six $5,000 prize packages that you can win. And it's so simple to enter. You've got to basically just tell uh, them about what your business is, uh, what makes it different, how you might be helping the community as well. And then uh, they're going to uh, judge the entries and and pick six winners from across uh, Canada. And uh, you can get like a $5,000 prize pack of uh, tech for your uh, your business or, or furniture or, or printing. So it's uh, something I really encourage you to, to check out. Again, any business, type of business, getconnectedmedia.com, whether it's one person or 100 people in your, in your company. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about wildfire detection using the cloud. Back after this. 
Mike Agarbo here in studio. Uh, well, in Canada right now, uh, I think we've uh, been watching the news, uh, reading uh, wildfires are a huge problem. Well, how can technology help uh, in this uh, this situation? We've got a great guest on the line. His name is Rejo Borgo. He is uh, with uh, AWS, which is Amazon Web Services Canada. Thanks for joining us, Rejo. Thank you, Mike, for having me on your show. It is just crazy now when you look at some of the video and the pictures, especially down in the United States, as the wildfire uh, smoke is hitting cities like New York. It almost like looks post-apocalyptic. Yeah, and if you look at it, like the statistics are not good, right? Uh, if you look at that, we have 3.3 million of acres have already burned, which is 13 times the 10-year average for Canada. So this is definitely having a big impact. Well, I I wanted to talk to you because you guys are doing some interesting stuff when it comes to uh, using the power of uh, the cloud and and technology to, uh, you know, detect uh, some of these wildfires uh, in their early stages uh, and also from the communication aspect and in getting, uh, you know, emergency services together together and uh, helping citizens evacuate areas uh, as well. Uh, One one example uh, I wanted to touch on uh, is the uh, the San Diego Gas and Electric uh, Company, which are using. Uh, drones and AI to monitor uh, their equipment and and vegetation. Yes, so so if you look at it, uh, the wildfire is a global issue and you just point one in California and just from a statistic point of view, since early 70s, the number of fire in California has increased by 800% and the burn area increased by 500%. So the um, San Diego Electric Gas our company, which is more than 140 years, has decided to use AI machine learning in AWS cloud, uh, basically powered by AWS, to look uh, with drones and doing an inspection on their electric pole. They have an inventory of 240,000 of those, and they realize 75,000 of them are in high risk area, which if a malfunction of equipment could spark a fire. So basically, they are using drones. They they already uh, did over more than 30,000 of those poles with the drones. They basically go over with a bird eye. They look at defect. They take images. And basically, a human make a notation. Is it a defect piece? Is it a good piece? And after that, the AI machine learning is learning after all these images. And now they can process over 16,000 images an hour using AI machine learning. So fast forward, they can accelerate basically the detection of malfunction equipment. So sorry, how many electric poles do they have? Almost a quarter of a million? Yeah, they have 240,000 wow. poles and 75,000 of those are in risk area. That, that is uh, crazy, but obviously using uh, the drone technology and, and AI as well speeds up that uh, monitoring dramatically, exponentially. Exactly, because a human could not uh, process as many images as they are processing right now. Uh, another uh, really cool example uh, for early detection uh, is uh, an Australian company. Uh, I think it's called XXI, uh, spelled E-X-C-I, uh, which can, using technology, detect smoke within three minutes using satellite imagery. How does that work? So basically, over time, they've created model uh, leveraging AWS cloud and AI machine learning that is powered by AWS. 
And right now, as of today, they are receiving a collection. They're basically collecting over 2.5 million images and 30 gigabytes of daily satellite data. So they take all this data and they make, uh, they train their model to detect smoke. And with the early sign, as you just said, within three minutes, they can detect, uh, they can detect smoke. And what happened is they can increase by five times uh, basically alerting authority versus a human in terms of risk for fire, wildfire. That is amazing how much satellite um, imagery they can process. And um, I mean, what did they do before they had that technology? I guess they had to wait for humans to, to call in <laughs> some smoke. Well, this, basically, this is a private enterprise that saw a challenge we have on a global uh, perspective. They started in Australia. They are also helping in the U.S., so this company saw basically an opportunity to help the society, but closer to home, let me talk to you if, you, if you're okay with that, about National Resource Canada, because what National Resource Canada is doing right now is they're taking a satellite imagery, they are stored this information on Amazon Web Services Cloud, uh, basically for free in one of the program we call Open Data Registry. So the satellite imagine, uh, imagery is stored there, and then any uh, entity that requires this data can use it. So BC government today are using this with other type of data, and they're creating a daily mosaic of what's happening in the wildfire in BC. So this is something that National Resource Canada uh, is working very closely with AWS, and we're very proud of that. Can you kind of explain in kind of simple terms, uh, you know, for the the listeners at home, we talk a lot about the cloud. Sometimes it's um, a little confusing for some of the listeners. Like how, how does the cloud work in, in helping these, these companies uh, with, with Amazon? So basically cloud is a way or work for user to access IT technology and basically um, via internet. So they don't necessarily need the equipment at home or basically they don't need equipment on-prem for large enterprise or government. They can leverage lots of services. And you're right, there's some confusion about cloud because some people believe the cloud is only storage of information or computed power. This is only two services out of 200 different type of services that AWS offers. So the power of cloud is not necessarily just to store the information, but to use tools like AI machine learning to analyze the data, and which is only possible at scale on, on cloud like AWS, where you have lots of computing power and lots of tools to analyze the data and give it to in form of uh, predictive analytics, for example, for our firefighter for government to analyze wildfire. So I guess in simple terms, you know, when you look at um, organizations or governments, uh, organizations like Natural Resource Canada, uh, instead of them having to buy uh, a ton of high-powered computers and storage and, uh, you know, AI technology, uh, companies like Amazon, AWS, they, they have those services ready to go and uh, governments or companies can kind of just buy those services as they need. Exactly. So they use it. They basically use the uh, the infrastructure of AWS, which is global, where we have multiple data centers. We have a region in Montreal, and we're about to open a new region in Alberta by the end of 2023, 2024, where customer in Canada, government enterprise, 
can store the information on AWS Cloud, which is very secure, the, the data stay in Canada. And as you said, they use the, the, the equipment only when they need it. So if they need it for a few minutes, a few hours, they only pay for what they use. And that's the power of it. And the other thing too is a lot of citizens, they don't realize they are using AWS on a daily basis. When they are look in entertainment, for example, when they're watching Netflix or Disney or Jack Ryan and Prime Video, or they look at NHL, they, uh, they look at the F1, they all basically, these companies are using AWS Cloud. Let's look at another uh, Canadian company that's uh, involved with um, emergency services and communications. Uh, I think a lot of people know the name BlackBerry. Uh, when you say BlackBerry, you're probably thinking of uh, their little handhelds, which they're not into anymore, but they've got something called BlackBerry Ad Hoc. Can you explain uh, how that all works? Yes, absolutely. So BlackBerry, uh, indeed, is a Kingston company. They reinvent themselves and they introduce a technology called BlackBerry Ad Hoc, which is a communication platform to accelerate communication between multiple entities. And in this case, is multiple uh, people fighting fires. So it could be ambulance, firefighter, could be volunteer, could be the army. And basically they have a common platform where it's much easier to communicate among themselves. And also they have geolocalization. So they can identify where are the firefighters in the field, which is protecting and keeping them safe. So that's interesting. So instead of like coordinating all these uh, these folks by just like telephone, um, BlackBerry's got this whole system that connects everyone uh, communication wise. Yes, they can. They can. Uh, they can share images also to everybody at once, and you don't have to worry about different protocol of different type of radio that the ambulance or firefighting or police might use or the army might use. So everybody comes on the same common platform. You can exchange text, you can exchange picture, you can validate the geolocalization. So it's much faster and they can turn around in 24 hours and put their service in operation. So again, they can use the the cloud services instead of having to buy all that equipment uh, themselves, like a government organization or, or emergency responders, which could take a lot of time and obviously a lot of money. Absolutely. So BlackBerry is leveraging AWS Cloud for that technology called BlackBerry Atta. We've been talking all about technology and uh, some of the uh, cloud services that uh, are helping fight uh, the wildfires uh, that are happening on a global uh, scale now. I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. Much appreciated. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the program together. Gray, thanks for coming in as uh, usual. And don't forget to check out the App Show every Sunday here on the Chorus Radio Network. And uh, you can check out the podcasts of both Get Connected and the App Show on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Mike and Gray signing off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next time.